Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hour number two of the Chris Gordy Show underway here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to have you guys with us. So look ahead to... Should be a fun weekend. LSU going to Auburn. Looking to stay undefeated on the season. And the Saints, a chance at redemption on Sunday to redeem themselves from the sins they committed last Sunday in the Superdome. The Cleveland Browns coming to town looking for a win there and even up their record at 1-1. One and one. An absolutely just dismal performance from the Saints' defense on Sunday. And I'm still, and somebody asked me this morning, what happened? And I'm still, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know. I can't, I have no explanation for what happened to the Saints defense on Sunday, why they went so brain dead at every position. But uh, maybe this guy can help us clear things up a little bit. He is our buddy Deuce Windham, now with The Athletic, covering the New Orleans Saints alongside Larry Holder. Deuce, uh, welcome into the show, man. Congrats on the new gig. Hey, thanks very much, Chris. Uh, Pretty excited about it. You know, moving on up and getting to continue to cover the team that I've followed uh, from a child till now. So pretty excited about it. So, Deuce, I went back. I watched some some film on Monday. I just watched the big plays that the Bucks had to just kind of see who was out of position and who was doing what wrong. And man, there was just so many mistakes from the D line to the linebackers to the secondary. Uh, I know you started breaking down some of the film. What did you see? What went wrong on Sunday? Well, to be honest, Chris, any time a team gives up forty eight points, well, defensively forty one, uh, it's more than just one thing. And I know watching it live broadcast uh, was, I was thinking, man, maybe there's a lot of communication issues and, and things that can just get worked out with you know talking better, being more better on the field with in terms of the safeties and the corners working together. But honestly, and Sean Payton alluded to this in his press conference, uh, I believe it was on Monday. A lot of technique problems, and I noted that in my film today for the Athletic yesterday morning. Uh, guys that we, we don't expect to see struggle, like Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore struggled, and not just from a, you know, Mike Evans is a good receiver standpoint. Athletically, he didn't look as fast and as fluid as he normally does, and the technique was just off. And I think that that's kind of a summary for everything. I mean, you mentioned the defensive line, and it's one of those where everybody decided to have a bad day. You know, David Onyemata had arguably his worst game ever in a black and gold uniform. I mean, but do you expect that to happen the same time that Marcus Williams struggles and the same time that Lattimore struggles? There's, it's a lot of that. And then I also got to give the credit where it's due. The Buccaneers handing over the play calling duties to Munkin, who I think really benefited from having an entire offseason to prepare for this defense and the game plan. He came out with an amazing game plan. When the Saints were in defense, depending on what state they're in, he seemed to have the right call at the right time. And a combination of a lot of things turned into a really embarrassing effort for the Saints this past Sunday. Was it also maybe they just took them lightly? I mean, play, you know, you've known for well over a month or two that you're, James Winston was going to be out. You're going to be playing the backup Ryan Fitzpatrick. Marshawn Lattimore said after the game, we needed this. We needed to be punched in the mouth to kind of humble ourselves. Uh, Cam Jordan even said it too. I mean, is this maybe they went in thinking, you know, maybe not 
overlooking the opponent, but just feeling, hey, we're playing at home. We're double-digit favorites. We got this. I think it's possible. And like this kind of goes back to my initial point that anytime you have this type of drubbing, there's a lot of reasons for it happening. It's not just one problem. And I do think that it's, you know, you go back to the off season, and this is a young team, especially defensively. Yes, there's veteran leaders there and, and all that, but for the most part, this is a very young team. And, and they, you saw them adopt the prove them right mantra. It's hanging across the metering uh, practice facility, a big old banner out there. Everybody can see it. And that kind of leaves from where you usually see the Saints come from, that underdog mentality where everybody overrates them. And now it's kind of flipped to where Sean Payton said, hey, prove them right. Be as good as they say that you are. And, you know, for a young guy, maybe that has gotten to them a little bit, and they did need that sucker punch to the mouth to really put things back in perspective to get back to their game. And, you know, some of the players have alluded to it. And I know Sheldon Rankins in an interview talked about, you know, just some of the technique problems that can get better, but, you know, it being an attitude thing. And you mentioned Lattimore's interview. You know, I do think that this can be a wake-up call for them. Sadly, you know, we were hoping this wouldn't be a season where you needed those type of things. But just like last year where they start off slow but have the talent to overcome, I think we see the same thing this year. This team is still talented. They can't overcome. We were just hoping that we were going to have to start slow again for, what, the seventh time in eight years. It's been pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about preparing for Cleveland. Obviously, one of the things that – uh, bit the Saints in the butt was not respecting the running ability of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And not to say he's Michael Vick out there, but he was an effective runner and uh, even had a run that basically sealed the win for them and kept the Saints from getting the ball back to maybe go down and tie things up in the final minute. Uh, we know what we've seen on film from Tyrod Taylor. He does have a running ability, maybe more so than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, what are the Saints going to do to counteract that this weekend? Weekend, And you know, do we see a spy on, on Tyrod Taylor? What are they going to do to counteract that? Well, uh, Sean Payton talked this morning about Taylor and his ability to to run, and he, you know, just like you alluded to Fitzpatrick being able to do that. I think you know if you look uh, a lot of the tapes that the Saints put out against Buffalo last year when they had to face Tyrod, you know, so they kind of know how to really you know curtail him. Now, to be fair, the Cleveland receivers and that talent they have as a group is probably a little bit more than we saw with the Buffalo Bills last year. But I think with Tyrod, the main thing for him is he has to come out and prove that he can be the thrower that Ryan Fitzpatrick was. And, you know, it's fun to joke on Fitzpatrick and, you know, the backup that he is. But truthfully, he made phenomenal passes this past game. I mean, back shoulder fades that were, you know, Drew Brees prime error level throws. We're seeing Fitzpatrick make that even great coverage is almost impossible to defend against. Now, can Tyrod do that same thing? Now, I do think that we're probably going to see, similar to last year, maybe a little bit closer in the box, having somebody watch Tyrod so he's not leaking out for those you know, those big 20, 25-yard runs that he can really reel off. Uh, but I, I think it's really going to come down to the secondary. Are they going to allow another quarterback who you know, probably isn't as talented as you know, they can possibly perform, which I don't think anybody's going to jump on the Fitzpatrick as a, you know, a, a top 15 talent now based on that one game. And the same thing's got to go for Tyrod. They have to prove Tyrod is Tyrod and really just step up. And if he's going to gas you for a couple of runs, that's fine as long as you're slowing down his passing attack. Because even, you know, we love the run. you got to have the run. It's part of the game. But this is a passing league. So if you can stop that, you know, and give up a couple of runs, I think the Saints will end the day happy. 
Talking with Deuce Wyndham. You can follow him on Twitter at Rev Deuce Wyndham, now writing for The Athletic. Uh, Deuce, uh, I hate to be all doom and gloom, so let's be a little positive. The offense did look good. For all those people who wanted the Saints to take Lamar Jackson, trade up for him in the first round, Drew Brees said, rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. He went out there and performed uh, like the old Drew Brees, like we've known uh, known from him in, in years past, throwing for 400 yards uh, the offense was clicking, and I thought the offensive line looked really good. Receiving core all looked good. So you got to feel good about all that. Yeah, I think with the offense, I, I know it's been mentioned by, by fans and social media that the Saints missed Mark Ingram. And while I think that's true, anytime your team offensively scores 40 points, you should win that football game. So uh, I think the most positive, the biggest positive to take out of this, Chris, is the Saints offense came out clicking game one. And that's not something that we've consistently seen in recent years. It's taken them time to, you know, gel and get ready. And maybe the play calling wasn't right one game, or maybe receivers or running backs weren't living up. Well, they came out the offense. Everything that you thought they would be, they were. Michael Thomas came out looking like a top five receiver. Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. The offensive line was able to plug in a player due to injury and still have a very good performance. I mean, offense look like they're going to be, once again, a top one, top two, at the worst top three offense in the NFL. And that's what we expected. You know, it's good to see Drew still clicking. And it's really great to see, and hopefully he can continue, Michael Thomas taking his game to another level, uh, setting multiple game one records there with those 16 receptions on 17 targets for a buck 80 with another touchdown that got called back that shouldn't have been. It was a phenomenal day for the offense. And if we have to take pauses, we got to look to that. And, you know, like I said, all smiles from that side of the field. Uh, the pass rush. Uh, went back and watching film, Deuce, I was surprised how many times Cam Jordan either drew, uh, drew a double team or at least an extra hand in his face, uh, disrupting mm-hmm. him and keeping him from getting to the quarterback. But, you know, I thought Marcus Davenport, the few plays he was in there, you know, the one time he gets to the quarterback, he gets flagged for a penalty. Um, is this going to be an issue moving forward? It feels like uh, these refs are so happy to throw the flag if you even touch the quarterback now. Yeah, and I will say that the league has had multiple conversations about this with the referees. They had one about two weeks into the preseason, and we have seen these calls kind of get worked on, say, hey, don't call it this way or, or the other. And they, the VP of uh, officiating came out and said, hey, look, the one on Davenport was wrong. That's on the refs. And so just like teams, the refs every week go through coaching points where they say, hey, call the rule this way, not this way. And they do that for all the rules. So they're always trying to perfect it. So hopefully as the season goes on, those type of penalties, you know, lessen unless they're actual penalties that are breaking the rules. And as far as Davenport goes, yeah, I think – for those 20 or so snaps he was in, I think it was 25 snaps out of 66. You know, he looked pretty good. Pass rush is still something you can see. He's honing that craft. He had a very, very nice play as a backside defender chasing down a runner. Uh, you really got to see him show off his athleticism and speed there. As far as the defensive line, the biggest surprise for me was Tyler Davidson, who saw a significant increase in snaps compared to what he usually did last year. Last year seen mostly as a one-tech run stuffer, and then you look here this past week, he saw more snaps than any other defensive tackle on the field, and Timmy Drupal almost looked gassed when it came to the second half because he's not used to that type of workload. And, you know, they put him in a lot of pass rushing situations, and not only was he unable to get pressure, he was getting pancaked 
you know, multiple times. It was a struggle for him on the field. So it'll be very interesting to see how they adjust to that moving forward. Last year they ran a lot of combos of Onyemata and Rankins when pulling out Davison in, you know, obvious passing situations, whereas this past week they did not do that. That's an adjustment you can look for them to make against the Cleveland Browns, especially with the woes that the pass rush had, you know, this game. Talking with Deuce Windham now with The Athletic. Um, Deuce, uh, one more thing on the defense. Uh, it was surprising to me, uh, you know, when you look at receivers and their targets. I mean, Atlanta the other night, Matt Ryan targeted Julio Jones 19 times. He had 10 catches. Typically, guys don't go, you know, 100% on, on targets to completions, but uh, the Bucks did. I mean, they, they targeted uh, uh, Mike Evans seven times. He had seven catches in the game. They targeted Deshaun Jackson five times. He had five catches in the game. Um, what was most surprising to me, though, was to see Marshawn Lattimore struggle uh, mm-hmm. with Mike Evans after it was such a good matchup a year ago uh, in both games that, that those guys played. And then the other side, Ken Crawley, I, I said this earlier, the one thing I liked about Ken last year was when he made a mistake, when he got called for a penalty, he'd, co- he'd come back and make a good play the next the next play. You know, he'd get a, def- a pass deflected or something like that. And on Sunday, it was just bad after bad after bad play from Ken Crawley. Uh, what did you see out of the two corners? Well, I think both had a really bad game. Uh, I've got charted as Lattimore giving up one touchdown, Ken Crawley giving up two, and both of them giving about the same amount of yardage up. And I think it's a combination of many factors, one being play calling, which I alluded to earlier. I mean, there, there's a play, the very first touchdown to Sean Jackson, where they draw it up perfectly to go against the cover three uh, match that the Saints run, and they put Marcus Williams in a bind, and Williams chooses wrong, basically, and leaves the corner route wide open for D-Jacks. And then you get to the fourth quarter, and the Saints are running a quarters defense, and Yet here, the Bucks attacking with the Mills concept and really, you know, forcing Kirk Coleman to now make a decision, and he chooses wrongly, and that ends up being a long TD with Ken Crawley trailing because Kirk Coleman makes the wrong choice. So it, it was, yes, a struggle, but I also feel like we have to note that the Buccaneers came in ready for this game and ready for certain situations and looks the Saints were going to provide. And that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, Lattimore got burned on a Mike Evans touchdown to the point where he dove and was on the ground not even touching him. I mean, Ken Crawley got burned by Godwin, who was then missed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, which would have been wide open for a touchdown. I mean, we can't slide that aside and say it was all game planning. They did struggle, but, you know, it's one of those where we've seen them perform well last year. And for Ken Crawley, we've seen him have games that were strong for two years now. So we know they have the ability to bounce back, and it's now just a question of how quickly will it happen. You know, I think for me the most worrisome thing about Lattimore was the way he was getting beat by Mike Evans. And the Saints were doing a lot of free release at the line of scrimmage, weren't running a lot of hard press. But when you have a guy like Lattimore, who is this phenomenal athlete coming out of the draft, you know, and runs a four three six, short area quickness off the charts, he's getting burned by Mike Evans, who runs a high four five. And I said that's not a knock on Mike Evans. Very good wide receiver in this league, but. We didn't see the athletic dominance from Marshawn Lattimore that we're used to seeing. So I'm not sure what that is or if it's anything but something else to keep an eye on as we move forward because he's got another tough draw this week with Josh Gordon coming into town. I know he's been a receiver that's kind of you know, much maligned in terms of off-the-field issues, but when he comes and he comes and plays on Sundays, he's always been a top target in the league. So another thing to watch out for, and hopefully these, uh, these corners can rebound. 
He is Deuce Windham, now with TheAthletic.com. Deuce, I've always loved your film study and breakdown, and you got a piece up right now breaking down the uh, the film review from Sunday's loss at TheAthletic.com. And uh, I'm already a member of The Athletic, but let folks know who aren't. Uh, you, you guys have a special going on right now, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, there's a 30% off promo code. If you go to my face or my Twitter page, it'll be out on Facebook as well. But we've got a link there where you can sign up. You get 30% off your, your fee. And, and so the, the good thing about the athletic is you're not just paying to get like Saints news for myself and, you know, my partner Larry Holder, but you're going to get Pelicans news from Will Gallery. You're going to get LSU news. And then you actually get access to every other athletic across the nation. So the national NFL, NBA, all the cities like New York, Buffalo, you know, so it's, one of those things where you're going to spend maybe you know a few bucks a month. I think it's like three bucks a month right now with the promo code, but you get access to the entire network. And when I say they've brought in a lot of great people, and I'm not talking about myself. They have brought in some wonderful minds, writers, film analysts from every sport to cover the athletics. So it's a great place to be right now. Yeah, you, I mean, Jay Glazer on the NFL side, college football, Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel. I mean, uh, all the big names that have covered the sports for many, many years are all now at The Athletic. So, uh, look, mm-hmm. I, I speak as a paying customer. I, I, I love the product. And obviously, Larry Holder is a guy who held down this very time slot right here on Sports 1280. So we know Larry very well and, of course, uh, enjoy reading his stuff. And now a pleasure we get to read your stuff on a na- on a, a more national level now at The Athletic, uh, breaking down Saints film uh, better than any. Anybody else out there? Deuce, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris, as always. All right. Thanks so much. Deuce Windham there. Give him a follow on, tw- on Twitter at Rev Deuce Windham. And of course, check out his work at The Athletic. He and Larry Holder holding down the Saints beat there. And like I said, doing a tremendous job. I was just uh, reading the article this morning on his film breakdown. He's got video there of uh, some of the plays, the, the busted coverages for the defense, and. Um, just what went wrong with the Saints. He breaks it all down there right there at theathletic.com. So go check it out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.